Hi, this is Dr. Neil Shaw, and you're listening to Masters of Beauty. In this episode of Masters of Beauty, I had Roland Peralta, the founder of Nutrafol, on. Here we talk about the power of plants and how nutraceuticals, naturally occurring substances, can actually grow hair and promote a healthier self. We're going to dive in deep and find out all the different elements that are found in Nutrafol and how this can help both your hair and your health. Welcome, everyone. I am super honored uh, to have uh, founder, one of the founders of, of Nutrafol on here. So uh, Roland Peralta, uh, he's an entrepreneur and uh, the word biohacker, you know, a lot of us are throwing this word around um, and he's a biohacker before there were biohackers. And it's interesting how his hair health uh, has tied with his own um, personal health. And uh, just like many of us, uh, Roland's kind of had thought there was an alternative way, a better way of doing things. So kind of on his own, he, he came up with this, this way of treating his rheumatoid arthritis and rather than taking some of these medications uh, like steroids, which which my dad took and had lots of side effects, including uh, needing hip replacements wow. and uh, other issues, um, he actually took it upon himself to kind of use uh, things from the plant and botanical world. Um, and from this, it's usually from our own personal insights and pers- own personal kind of battles, we come up with these this impetus and this drive to really make something successful. And that's what's really been the force behind Nutrafol. Uh, and this company went from a startup to I think it's uh, 30 million in 2016 um, in sales, and I have no idea what it is in 2018, but I'm sure it's uh, it's it's a monster above that, right? It's it's a monster, yeah, yeah, we yeah. And then you you've been kind of all over the world in uh, you know the hair care industry. Um, you've been uh, with the luxury uh, brands, anti-aging brands, Julian Ferrell Hair Care. So you've, you've kind of uh, been all over in this hair world and this kind of a botanical background. I was reading a little bit about your um, uh, your parents being in, in the world of uh, you know bot- botanical health and kind of tying this all together. It kind of makes this nice synthesis of this this beautiful product. Th- that's right. Um, and so um, and now you're this driving force, and you're you're putting this this new uh, 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 new type of product where you're kind of combining uh, the worlds of science and traditional medicine with um, kind of these, these other area medicines which are really, um, people are really appealing to, Eastern medicine and uh, Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic medicine, I can never say that word by the way, um, and herbal medicines, all this kind of coming together and, um, and in the forefront with, uh, with Nutrafol, which is an amazing product which I use every day. And, and so, your hair reflects it. Your hair looks good, Dr. Shah. Um, it's my real, mostly, no, it's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so interesting story. So uh, we kind of know a little bit of background about Nutrafol, uh, but in the ingredient process, so I'm going to kind of go back about that. I mean, so your personal story is amazing. Um, so uh, talked about rheumatoid arthritis. Um, so this ingredient pro- and how you overcame uh, some of these aspects, and you've been symptom-free for how long? I, I would say almost seven years. So, and, and as you know, uh, the, the options available are biologics like Enbrel, Humira. Uh, they do have some side effects long-term. Uh, they haven't been around long enough, obviously, to understand the real long-term implications of using them. But uh, when you... 
as a biohacker and, and you when you dive deep under the hood you and and understand what these biologics do you can essentially reverse engineer and look for uh, similarity in, in botanicals botanicals have been around since the beginning of time and our ancestors used plants to heal and so obviously in the last hundred or so years we have moved away from the use of botanicals uh, developing drugs that are very uh, focused they mono target specific receptors and specific genes um, but botanicals have this incredible capacity to multi-target there there's a synergy that you can find in nature and not necessarily uh, in using uh, pharmaceutical drugs. So when I was looking for answers for my rheumatoid arthritis, and if you know your dad has uh, has RA, he's waking up with morning stiffness. You wake up in the morning and you feel like you've been hit by a truck and you're essentially disabled. Your feet are hot when you step down on your feet, impossible to, to have a normal day. Um, so when I reverse engineered what these biologics did, it turns out that curcumin, which is an extract, so curcumin is a is a hero uh, plant in Ayurvedic medicine. It's been used forever in culture. Uh, they'll sprinkle turmeric on everything. Of course, the problem with turmeric is that it's not bioavailable, and so it's very difficult for the body to actually ingest it. And yeah. it smells. I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm I not love the smell. It's a very distinct smell that if I uh, cook too much Indian food, it it's overpowers uh, a kitchen. So yeah, beyond that, exactly. Yeah. You probably have to put a little more so you get over <laughs> that. That, uh, but uh, so it turns out not to get too technical, but it turns out that these biologics that were being used successfully to treat rheumatoid arthritis are TNF blockers, TNF-alpha blockers, right? It turns out that curcumin has the ability to block TNF-alpha. And so after two months of using this, I found a paper in the literature that, that identified curcumin as a potential therapeutic for treating RA, but there wasn't enough evidence. The, uh, the cohort wasn't large enough, so the authors concluded it looks promising. Somebody should look at it, but no, no conclusion can be made from this basically. Right. So I took it upon myself to begin to, to use curcumin in lieu of using Humira, Embrel. And these are also very expensive drugs. Um, and it worked within four or five weeks. I began I began seeing that I was symptom free. So having morning stiffness uh, throughout my body that began to subside within two months, I found my cure. I found my medicine in curcumin and I was using a, a particular brand that um, reconstituted the powder in the oil. So it made it more bioavailable. So it, it essentially was doing what um, folks in Indian culture are doing where they're cooking their curcumin and ghee butter to make it more bioavailable. So within two months, I was symptom free and I thought it was too good to be true. And I continued with that program. I was taking six 
pills a day. These are big fat pills. And obviously by any standard, that's a lot of pills to ingest. People would, you'll end up getting pill fatigue, but the choice was an injection of a biologic into my body or six pills of delicious, healthy curcumin that has other wonderful side benefits to it. Uh, and so that was really the beginning of, of my understanding. There are answers in the literature. If you dive a little deeper, you can actually find solutions that are not necessarily being shared with you by your physician. Um, so you, you have to take it upon yourself to do that kind of homework. And it's interesting that um, that's actually gravitated to even to the NIH, where curcumin is actually being studied, I think, in over 40 different trials. Um, so it's it's interesting that that world, it's really come a long way and it's it's sensed a whole nother level of credibility. I think the other thing that's interesting with botanicals is the botanicals, like this isn't something you can't just, you know, find a plant and work with it. You have to process it to a level that it's, you know, it's it's kind of clinical grade. And Correct. I think a lot of people, we can actually look at the doses. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize that, hey, guess what? Let me just buy this product from... I don't know, Whole Foods, and I have no idea what's in it, but I'll take it. It has it on there. So many of these products are cross-contaminated with so many things. Um, uh, I'll give you an example of a patient we had for surgery where she thought she was taking a weight loss supplement, and it was cross-contaminated with, like, ginseng and all these blood thinners, and she almost, she had a, you know, she had a lot more bleeding than we thought. Wow. That's right. So yes. So you're 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 what you're sharing with me now is is essentially the definition of nutraceuticals, right? And that's really the the birth of of uh, Nutrafol. We identified. Uh, ingredients that have been used in Ayurvedic medicine, but have been evolved to next generation using uh, biotechnology to extract very specific phytoactives and then essentially standardizing it, right? So for example, we use ashwagandha, another hero ingredient in Ayurvedic medicine used for thousands of years to lower stress hormones. And so in the, in the medical world, when we, we once did a survey with McKinsey, the big consulting firm, and one of the number one reasons why women believe they're losing their hair, it's stress. They believe that that's the primary reason why they're losing hair, not genes, not hormones, but stress uh, in particular. So when we, um, when we developed Nutrafol, we saw the white space was using highly standardized nutraceuticals to target very specific pathways that were essentially being ignored by uh, the medical community, by the pharmaceutical industry. And we said, well, if stress is at the root of hair loss, what's at the root of, of uh, stress and, and elevated cortisol is at the root of stress. So we were lucky. We we developed a relationship with a company that it, it, they conducted 12 double-blinded, randomized, placebo-controlled studies on their standardized ashwagandha. And in one of the studies at the University of Ohio, they were able to demonstrate that within 60 days of use, uh, because it's not a magic pill, right? Botanicals don't necessarily work right away, but they eventually bring your body back to homeostasis. They were able to prove that they were able to lower elevated cortisol in chronically stressed adults by as much as 35%. That's very significant. Uh, it's it's a, it's a game changer. So, and that of course, when you have elevated cortisol, that becomes a an endocrine disruptor. Suddenly, it impacts how your thyroid hormone is being produced. 
potentially and ultimately leading to hypothyroidism, uh, under-functioning under thyroid. And that obviously complicates um, so many things across the board. So we were, as, as biohackers, we were reverse engineering, let's, where, where is the problem? What's at the root of that problem? And can we use nature? Can we use these standardized nutraceuticals to target those, those specific uh, markers that we were targeting? So for us, it was really important to have clinical evidence evidence of efficacy, and, and most importantly, to use clinically efficacious dosages. So what differentiated us from our competitors is that people will put a sprinkle of a DHT blocker, for example, and make a claim that uh, Sal Palmetto is used, has been used to block DHT, but the studies show that you need 640 milligrams in powder form, 320 milligrams in oil. So if you have anything less than that, you're not complying with the literature. Essentially, you're just making a marketing claim, throwing a sprinkle in right. and borrowing science. And that that's really where I believe physicians have have are challenged in accepting how realistic, how viable is a natural uh, ingredient, right? a, a natural product to, to address a specific condition, right? It, it, clinically efficacious dosages um, abiding by studies found in the literature, good, credible studies, is is, a, is the first departure point in determining whether something actually works. And I, I always, I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said over there. And I think one of the hardest things I have with patients is explaining everything that's in Nutrafol. Because sometimes they're like, well, what is Nutrafol? Because I think people like a one word answer. And when I start talking about Nutrafol, I end up talking, I'm, and maybe you can do it better than I can, but I end up talking for like five minutes or 10 minutes about all the things that are neutral. <laughs> and I think a lot of it, if there's anything I have a comment on, is on the back of the label, it doesn't even like tell you everything that's in it. Because I think to truly understand what's in Nutrafol, uh, I think some of your podcasts in the back, like when you've talked uh, on Bulletproof Radio, um, it, it kind of explains a lot of the detail and the thought process and how meticulously uh, sourced your um, your ingredients were, the thought process behind everything. So I think somehow that um, if you just look at the back of it, sometimes patients are like, eh, looks like a vitamin. I'm like, no, 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 it's way, way more than a vitamin. Let me explain this. So let's kind of go in there. So let's talk about some of these ingredients because I want my patients to listen to this. I want other patients to, to hear this. Um, so some of the things that I think are things that people don't even realize. Um, for, for example, I love the chelation properties, you know, getting rid of the aluminum and mercury. Um, and again, that's such a hot topic. Now, lots of other people are starting to copy that. I'm seeing that on the market. I'm not going to name other yeah. people, but they're starting to add that, not necessarily for hair, but overall wellness. Um, yes. And uh, so the sea kelp, let's talk about the sea kelp. That's a great question. I, I'm impressed that you actually even know uh, about sea kelp and, and the role it plays. So, so to answer your, your overall questions, people say, what is Nutrafol? And so we say that we, we were the first to market to use standardized nutraceuticals derived from botanicals. So we isolate very specific phytochemicals from botanicals in specific concentrations that have evidence of efficacy in targeting markers. And so what are those markers? So we target, um, the ingredients target inflammation, 
people underestimate uh, how inflammation uh, triggers or causes hair loss or contributes to it. So we, we understand that we live in an environment where we're constantly producing inflammatory uh, conditions and, and uh, it, some of us micro inflammation and some macro, right? Leading to obesity, diabetes, et cetera, right? So, but micro inflammation is just, a, we're walking, we're walking time bombs. We're, you know, we're walking. I'm in Chicago, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, of course, if you have a genetic predisposition, then that that those events are essentially the trigger that it pulls the gun, right? So, so the, we say inflammation changes the the signaling molecules that control the hair growth cycle. So, in the presence of inflammation, those signals that actually signal hair cycles to remain an antigen are altered. There's a disruption in the signaling, same way a cell phone is trying to communicate with a cell tower. It's a weak signal. You're not able to communicate. You have to lower inflammation to essentially improve signaling. The second marker that we target is the elevated cortisol. How do we lower uh, stress hormones, uh, cortisol? And again, we, some of us may think we're not stressed out, but in fact, uh, we, we even use the term micro stress levels, right? Where you're just that, that, cum that cumulative effect of the inappropriate response, the, the inappropriate flight or flight response to a, a bus honking its horn or some guy yelling at another guy in a car across the street and that- yeah, Who's not stressed out, exactly. You're gonna get, you, you get stressed out so you produce that that micro response to, to that stress response and that cumulate just accumulates over time so again once again it's just a matter of time before you are stressed and, and, and I love explaining that to my patients how you know when your body's stressed um, it puts all its nutrients and actually um, it's gonna put it to its heart and your lungs and the first thing it doesn't care about is hair there we go Hair is the first thing. So hair is the hair follicles are mini organs, right? And that is Mother Nature says heart, liver, the priority. Deprioritize the hair follicle organ because it's not involved in 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 survival, the survival mechanism, right? So and and people don't understand that. They don't quite connect those dots. So the other marker that we target is DHT. Uh, DHT um, is, is, a, is a byproduct of testosterone production. As you know, it can, when testosterone converts to DHT, it's a simple little enzyme that allows that conversion. DHT contributes to the miniaturization of hair follicles. Well, people talk about it more prevalent in men, that that is ultimately what triggers um, the top, typical hair loss in men, androgenic alopecia. But in fact, as women get older, over 40, 45, they start producing higher levels of testosterone, which converts to DHT. So we're using a natural ingredient. And as you know, Propecia has a similar mechanism of action. It targets the enzyme uh, that converts, the allows the conversion of testosterone to DHT. So we use a natural plant indigenous to uh, the state of Florida that is harvested once a year and we we use a cold press technology to extract it so that it's standardized to greater than 45% fatty acids. An effective DHT blocker. Dozens of studies in the literature that show the efficacy of um, of salt palmetto as an effective DHT blocker. Love it and I think there's a, it's a couple studies that you've quoted in the past. I mean the, 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 uh, one of the questions patients ask is we're talking about salt palmetto right now, salt palmetto uh, versus Propecia. I think of it as Propecia, I mean, do they work? They both work. 
Propecia, the problem is, with Propecia is it's going to inhibit your sex drive. In some cultures, salt palmetto is actually used as an aphrodisiac. Very so good. Give me a choice. So, and guess I'm a former, <laughs> I'll raise my hand. I'm a former Propecia user. So, um, and that aspect of it, I can talk to you about my experience that in a little bit, but we'll, we'll kind of dive into the salt palmetto. Um, it's interesting when they isolate salt palmetto and some of the active ingredients in it, and not to dive too much into basic science, they've actually found in some studies that it's actually stronger than Propecia in some mouse models. So it's interesting that, you know, where it works, how it works, it's, I don't think it's, it's effectiveness in hair is questioned. And it's just getting that delivery product. So it's, it's a valuable product, a valuable ingredient. Having it processed the right way, again, it's all kind of in that in, in the neutrophil aspect of it. Uh, so I'm a big fan of uh, soft palmetto. Uh, right. And uh, the studies support it, but more than me being a big fan of it, the studies support it being effective. Um, That's great. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you are supportive. We actually have... Um, uh, we found papers in the literature that show because it's a natural there's there and there are synergistic properties that sal palmetto can actually bind to the to the five alpha receptor preventing dht from binding to the receptor propecia doesn't do that it only blocks the enzyme so if there's if there's a byproduct or 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 free dht you have the potential, it has the potential to have additional uh, preventative uh, uh, properties in blocking that binding, which and, is interesting. And, and if I talk about my Propecia use in the past, so I, I've, um, you know, hair has been always been an important part of me and I've, um, I've had some hair recession. I've had a hair transplant. I do hair transplant to my office and I, I did okay. it with artists. Um, but um, it's um, that aspect of it. I use Propecia and I, I don't know if I felt like Propecia was kind of like causing all this hair growth. And when I did it, I tried it first, I stopped it because I thought maybe I was having some symptoms, not physical, but it's sort of kind of like, you know, am I having less energy? I did it and said, screw it, I'm just gonna take it. And uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. And um, I stopped. I, what I did is I kind of weaned myself with Propecia, believe it or not, with Nutrafol. So what I did is I started taking one or two tablets of Nutrafol with Propecia. And then I would start to miss a day of Propecia and kind of keep adding more Nutrafol to it. And then what I would do is you sort of, again, I have, I have the advantage of having trichoscopy. So I was kind of looking at oh, my hair. That's great. Um, I would look at my minis. I would kind of, I, I think shedding for me is really hard to kind of quantify because it's sort of like tough to tell. You know, some people can really have a good sense of that, but shedding is a normal process of hair. So I was kind of looking at my minis, kind of quantifying my hair as I was going along. And then what I noticed was um, when I switched completely to Nutrafol, which has been, uh, I think it's going on 10 months, 11 months. Um, I did not have, like, I was worried about all this hair shedding. Nothing happened. My hair actually, if anything, my hair, I do a lot of stuff though, but my hair, if anything, is fuller. Um, and it looks, I mean, it's pretty full. I mean, it's pretty hard to see some see-through. Um, and you can see pictures of me on all, all over the place. Um, but what I noticed when I was taking Propecia was it's sort of like when, when I stopped, I felt so much, like there was kind of like this little break on, on my energy, like this little break that I didn't notice, this little break on my mood. Um, and when I stopped, I felt so much better, like this little weight was lifted. And uh -huh. um, so, and I'm pretty active kind of all over the place, but. I, I'm, I'm super happy to hear that. There was, there was, a, uh, there was a, a 
terrible incident in France where they attributed a suicide to a young man who was using Propecia, and he believed that it led to him having suicidal tendencies, leading to depression. So it's not surprising the, all of these anti-finasteride uh, organizations that exist today are, are really uh, bringing forth the research and all of these anecdotal papers on the downside of using finasteride, right? And and for some, so if my patients ask me about Propecia. If they're pre-having kids, because Propecia is only an option for our users, it's only an option for men. Women can't even use it. So if they're pre-having kids, it's not. I don't say don't do it, it's because the option with this is who knows what's going to happen. We're finding right now that older men, maternal men who are over like over the age of 50 and 60 and 70, their sperm quality is being affected by the environment, being affected yeah. by drugs, being by alcohol. So. Propecia affects your hormones. So what's that going to do to your to your offspring? <laughs> so to me, that's, that's a non-starter. So I started after kids. I don't want my patients taking it pre-kids because who knows what's going to happen? What are the long-term effects? I agree. Um, I agree. If you're going to take it, definitely after kids, then I think the sweet spot, again, if you're going to take it, it's only men without physical side effects who are going to have some prostate issues, who are going to be, I, I put it plus 50, um, because that's the, that's the aspect of it, but they have to, I, again, me personally, I don't like taking medications. It's not something for me, it's not, but if my med patients want to take it, they've taken it in the past, I'm okay with it, but it's not something I do personally. So that's, that's how I do. Interesting. Personally. No, and I appreciate that, that perspective. So we have a, there's a study done on the ashwagandha that we have, we use in Nutrafol. Uh, and when ours is standardized to 10% withanolide, so that one of the most potent parts of that plant are the withanolide group. And so we have a, a, our, ours is standardized to 10%. So there was a study they, where they, they tested men in andropause and they showed using um, ashwagandha standardized 10% withanolides over 90 days improved the sperm quality, oh, wow. so the motility and the quality significantly. So so the conclusion was older men who are planning on having kids who want to improve sperm quality should be taking ashwagandha. And of course, we understand the mechanism of action is likely elevated cortisol leads to compromising all systems in the human body. Um, so yes, yeah, so for whatever it's worth, uh, ashwagandha could be the antidote to having compromised sperm quality after propitia use. <laughs> you, could do a, you could do a clinical study on that. I love it. Actually, <laughs> interesting thing about ashwagandha, so, um, so I'm, I'm the um, only Nutrafol user in my house. I have kids, three kids. And my wife has, she has her own hair story. And, uh, and so, uh, but that, she couldn't join us tonight. Um, kids, sorry. <laughs> uh, but um, it's interesting that when everyone's sick in the household, I don't get sick and I'm attributed to the ashwagandha um, and the curcumin. So, so you bring up a really good point. So, uh, when we first started uh, marketing Nutrafol, as a side note, we would say think of it as a powerful anti aging supplement because um, there are ingredients, uh, going back to the sea kelp, which we never answered that question, but uh, one of your primary uh, uh, goals in eating uh, uh, greens and fruit and maintaining a healthy diet is to actually improve antioxidant production, right? And so antioxidants like glutathione, that's the mother of all antioxidants, these are, these are uh, 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 
and uh, antioxidants that improve the immune system, right? So, so the curcumin improves your immune system because it leads to glutathione, uh, increased production of glutathione, uh, catalase enzymes, uh, SODs, ashwagandha improves glutathione production, sea kelp improves glutathione production, and you need glutathione to, ex to chelate metals like mercury, aluminum from the liver. So anything that increases glutathione production leads to more optimized liver conditions, right? And so liver plays a critical role in hair growth, and people don't understand how important the liver is. So we as a company have introduced this systems-wide approach. We can no longer look at the hair follicle as an isolated organ, but rather what's the relationship of the liver to the hair follicle? What's the relationship of the adrenals to the hair follicle? To, what's the relationship of the gut to the hair follicle, to thyroid to the hair follicle? So we, we have, to, uh, we now understand that thyroid hormone is actually converted in the liver. So if you have a suboptimal liver because you have mercury, you have um, uh, lead, your your hair will suffer. One of one of the ways that 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 works is that selenium is is critical for converting the T4 hormone into the beauty hormone T3. If you have metals in your body, selenium is necessary to bind to, to mercury. So to chelate mercury from the liver, you have to have a good abundance of selenium. The problem is that it's it's been depleted in our soil. So our food supply is now deficient of many micronutrients critical for lots of uh, function, cellular function, including hair. So the body says, I have to choose between removing the mercury from the liver or contributing to the conversion of T4 to T3 to promote the beauty hormone. So clearly, we uh, it's survival of the fittest. The body chooses to focus on chelating the mercury. Of course, mercury is now a, a problem because it's it's so it's heavily uh, found in our oceans. Uh, big fish like tuna and shark accumulate mercury, eventually gets into our bodies. Uh, if you have amalgams from procedures uh, as a child and this- It's unavoidable, yeah. It's unavoidable. So yeah, so uh, um, so it, it's important to, to have ingredients that help boost the immune system, help to chelate, help contribute to healthy thyroid function. And I think the aluminum component is probably underestimated as well because there's only one exactly the deodorants, <laughs> and I, I think there's only one ingredient that actually is an antiperspirant, and that's aluminum. Um, there's nothing else that works. I know that some people talk about natural deodorants. I don't know if they work. So the problem is twofold. You can either do something. I'm a facial plastic surgeon, so I did a radio frequency to my underarm area, so I don't sweat as much. But occasionally, I still wear antiperspirant because if I sweat a little too much, I mean, I got rid of most of my sweat. If I struggled a little bit. Um, but your only alternative is either to do something with radio frequency or mirror dry or sweat, which most people right. don't want to do, or right. aluminum. And right. So, 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 yeah. So, so I use, uh, I, use <laughs> I used to use uh, slices of fresh lemon 
which is uh, antibacterial, antimicrobial, and I would rub the lemon under my <laughs> armpits, and I would be good for three days, so I wouldn't have any musty smell for three days. But of course, if you ran out of lemons, you would leave home and head to the office, and by the end of the day, you're a, a little musty, right? Uh, Dr. Kogan, who's, who's here at Nutrafol, introduced me to these Thai salt crystals. These are these sticks that you buy. I buy it on Amazon, uh, six bucks, natural salt salt crystals in a, in a, uh, a tubular shape. You put it under the water and it kills the odor. So it works as a, an anti-deodorant, but not an antiperspirant. You still smell, you still sweat, but you sweat with no smell. So that, that's the, the trade-off. Is if I wear like a t-shirt or something like that, I just don't like having the same. I know, I know. So I'm, uh, and... Um, the next thing that happens is then I have you have a choice of either having the stains. If you were the antiperspirant, you have the green mark that never, no dry cleaner in the world can get out. Right. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pry that part. But aluminum, it's kind of an inevitable part. Mercury is an inevitable part. So if you don't chelate it, and again, everyone who says they're not having metal, they think about that. And there's always an aha moment, like, oh my gosh, I do that, I do that. Yeah, I probably have that in my body. And what are you doing to get rid of it? That's exactly right. Nothing. Exactly right. So we uh, we did a very interesting experiment. We in the last two plus years, we've conducted over three thousand case studies using hair samples that we send to a lab. The lab uses uh, intercoupling plasma spectrometry, a mass spec device that can analyze. The so forensic laboratories use these devices, and so they can analyze the hair, and we can see. Uh, levels, what level of mercury is in your body based on how that mercury is being excreted from the body. So the hair essentially absorbs it. So hair is like a, as a measure of time, uh, like a tree trunk, right? We see aluminum. So of the 3,000 case studies that we did, we had a little over 65% of our cases all had toxic level, levels of mercury. Wow. So outside the normal range of acceptable, right? And so all of those people were, we recommended that they start using botanicals to help chelate these metals from, from their body. Um, so we actually came out with a liver, liver cleanse recently as part of our uh, systems-wide approach where we're using milk, thistle, uh, and other wonderful botanicals that actually are known to bind to metals and help chelate them from the body. Very, very important part of, of being proactive and maintaining a preventative approach to, to healthy hair growth cycling. Beautiful, beautiful. It's really exciting, yeah. Um, and so some of the products, so we talked about sea, sea kelp already, I think, a little bit. Yeah, ashwagandha. Ashwagandha. Um, I go, we talked about curcumin. Um, we talked about, there is biotin in there, correct? There is, right. And it's funny because- now, I, I, put that, my, 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 I brought- I'm going to go up a little bit because- there was a podcast and there was a paper that talked about biotin. Um, I, I, the one issue, the only patients we have that don't take Nutrafol, aside from patients who are under 18, pregnant, know that aspect, are patients who've had, and I don't think it's a real allergy. So we have patients who said, you know what, I've tried biotin in the past and I have this really weird reaction. They and then they'll out. name uh, breakouts, they'll name some flushing, some, it just didn't work well with them. And so, Unfortunately, at that point, they're like, well, I don't, I don't want to take it because it has biotin in it. And my thought is they've either taken high dose of it, right. they've gone too high in that, um, or it's been cross-contaminated with something else. Uh, but that being said, um, the biotin element, it's quote-unquote known for hair and nails. But that being said, um, 
uh, your thoughts on the biotin element? That's the, that's the one part that we get. Some, it's such yeah. a great question. So when we did this McKinsey survey, uh, the, the majority of the consumers believed that biotin was in the top three uh, products that would help save their hair and contribute to hair growth and stop hair loss, right? Uh, last year, Dr. Jerry Shapiro, do you know Dr. Shapiro at NYU? Uh, I was at NYU way back in uh, yeah. 2008, so I don't really know him that well. No. So he's a Canadian uh, a hair loss researcher. He's published over 150 articles Oh, wow. All related to hair biology. And he and his team did a meta-analysis in the literature on biotin. And the conclusion, this was published in the Journal of Drugs and Dermatology. And the conclusion they came to was that biotin uh, is nothing less than a media infatuation that spun out of control. Uh, and it made its way into medicine. So today, I understand that residents in medical school are still being told to prescribe 5,000 micrograms of biotin to women with hair loss because it's not going to hurt them and because we don't have much else that we can give them. Hopefully, that's changed in the last couple of years. But what we do know is that biotin is, is a very, very small uh, component uh, uh, for a solution. In other words, you can develop a product without biotin. Uh, that would work, uh, but the consumer believes that it works. It contributes to the synthesis of certain pr proteins to help process collagen, right? But nobody has a biotin deficiency. It, it worked in a mouse study that had a, a defective gene that wasn't producing biotin. So as soon as they replaced it, hair grew back and they said, oh, that must be uh, what's triggering hair loss. That was in the 50s, I think. So biotin is a myth, and, and we as a company, we're trying to debunk that myth. And, and say biotin alone will do nothing for you. It's important that you have a comprehensive formulation that targets the cortisol hormone, the inflammation, um, the oxidative stress, uh, boosts the immune system, the, those and and the and the micronutrients. Yeah, and I, I think that I, I agree with you. And I, I don't think in 99.9999% of people, biotin is not harmful. And in and the past aspect of it is. Um, it's it's not conclusive what it does, right. and at that aspect, the other ingredients that are surrounding it um, are, if anything, going to amplify um, what potential effect it could have. Correct. And so, so to conclude, we we often say that, uh, and it's it's not really funny, but uh, biotin is a prescription for endless hope. <laughs> and if you know, if you know, it's not going to do anything, and the reason why you're being told by your elders at, at teaching hospitals to to give it to a patient, the argument is, well, it's not going to hurt them. But the reality is that I think you're hurting a woman when you're giving her false hope and letting her think that six to 12 months of using biotin is going to lead to a stop to hair growth. So it's a placebo, right? In, and in, in men, it's not men, but women, patients who are older than 40, it can be a little dangerous because it can mask, you know, troponin levels and an MI. So on some things we give, I think those are higher doses of biotin. So I think smaller doses is really not going to do that. Uh, but, you know, but that aspect of it, biotin alone, yeah, I think with other things in a smaller dose, I'm, yeah, I think it, it makes sense. So I want to sign, I want to get a petition going and, and have uh, 10,000 dermatologists uh, write Biotin off uh, from the standard and guidelines because it's still being recommended in, in residency. 
which is fascinating if you think about it. I mean, you, do you agree as a physician it's absurd to, 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 to prescribe something that has no evidence of efficacy? Yeah, I've, I've never been a biotin fan, but I think the problem is it's, such, it's so ubiquitous. Like if you go to a, I think, you know, it's hard not to see it. If you go to the hair and beauty section and you look down the hall, and I want to grow something from right here, it's like a thousand labels of biotin. Yeah. And then there's nothing else. And I think what happens is sometimes people just look for an option and they don't know. And so it's easy like, well, biotin, it must work. Why right. are there so many things on it? That's and right. So, that's right. Um, so it's kind of like, like a default placebo. Like, but it's a default biotin. placebo. That's the best way to describe it, right? Um, okay. So um, going on to uh, some other ingredients, um, the marine extract. So this is actually interesting, the foresight in Nutrafol, because uh, there's been some, I'm not going to name another brand that, that uses marine extract, and there's been some controversy using shark uh, in that, and Nutrafol does not use shark, I'm going to repeat that so people have that clear, yeah. um, and having the foresight to kind of look, you know, kind of beyond just what's healthy for us, but kind of what's healthy for our, our world and our planet, um, and so let's talk about how that that came to be and why it's where it's sourced because I think that's an important quality um, element. I, I appreciate that you know that actually that that is it's such an important um, part of our ethos sustainability and where we continue as a business to evolve in that in that area how can we minimize the, the, the our footprint on the planet and contribute to overall planetary wellness right um, we actually tested our product using the mass spec device against that other product with the shark um, component and we had zero mercury in our in our in our collagen versus their product and part of the reason of course because shark is a big fish it's going to accumulate uh, mercury. We're using cod sourced from the northernmost tip of the planet. So it's, oh. a nor it's north of the northernmost tip of Norway. Wow. So that, that, that part of the world, uh, it's, it's, it's almost free of, uh, there aren't any shipping lanes, any major shipping lanes that go through there. So there's a lot less pollution that's dropping into the ocean. So uh, the good news is that we're, we're very proud of the fact that um, we found no mercury in our in our our fish collagen. We don't talk about it in our marketing, um, but but we know we can actually sleep at night knowing that we are not uh, contributing to 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 the. We're not using it, creating a product that's contributing further to the problem that's ultimately creating uh, the the problem, right? Um, and, and so this is the conversation I have with patients. So now I'm like talking to the patient. I'm talking about Nutrafol. I'm already into like a few products. I'm like, oh wow, it's already ten minutes in. But it's, I'm excited about the product because it has so many things built into it. Did I miss anything? Any ingredients? I think there's some things I missed, but I think yeah. So so we're using a tocotrenol. Uh -huh. which is a super vitamin E. And that was a, a molecule discovered only in the last maybe 10 years. And uh, our partner uh, is extracting it. It, it. Basically, vitamin E is a tocopherol. Tocotrenols are 60 times more powerful as an antioxidant. And there was a study done on this particular ingredient alone. They showed after eight months of use, just lowering lipid peroxidation, uh, they were able to show significant hair growth in a, in a study with men, uh, which is very interesting. And, and lipid peroxidation is just a byproduct of life, right? It's it's a, it's oxidative stress. So um, that 
uh, triggers inflammation, etc. So boosting your antioxidants, essentially the tocotrenol is an antioxidant, correct? Because it, it has the ability to boost the, the, the antioxidants in the immune system. So that is a great ingredient with evidence of, of hair growth uh, as an individual ingredient. Um, we talked about the sea kelp, one of the other important um, um, paths and targets that we look at is um, and, um, uh, estrogen dominance, right? So sea kelp, curcumin all have anti-estrogenic properties. They can contribute to lowering uh, elevated estrogen levels caused by xenoestrogens, consumption of bottled water, um, soy great. products. What's that? Sunscreens. Sunscreens. That's a huge topic because of the yeah. absorption of, of so many things and causing those, as you know, um, estrogen effects. Super big. It's it's big. So those are um, those are important. We developed our uh, so again. So as part of our systems wide approach, we created twelve additional boosters that we designed to in increase or boost the efficacy of our core formula. Right. So we have the core women's product, uh, clinically studied, proven to work on its own. We have the men's study. We're doing a clinical study in Chicago uh, as we speak. We should be wrapping up enrollment any day now. And then we just introduced a product called Women's Balance, which is for women in menopause, pre, um, peri, and post-menopause. So is that the, similar to the Core Plus, or is that that's basically it? Yeah. So we just okay. changed the name from Core Plus to to, okay. uh, to Women's Balance, and that's designed because women women over the age of forty five, their hormone levels change are very different from women in their twenties and thirties, and so one of the primary um, uh, 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 reasons why we introduced these additional boosters was because we, we essentially understand that personalization or precision medicine is the wave of the future. If we can personalize an experience for someone, we have a better shot at succeeding for that unique individual. So our B complex was designed specifically with, with dosages of two particular ingredients that are known to be anti-estrogenic at the levels that they were introduced. So we're essentially helping the liver clear estrogens from the liver uh, to prevent estrogen dominance because we know that elevated estrogen can be a breaking mechanism on the hair growth cycle. There's a great paper on estrogen and, and hair follicle biology, and, it, and there was a fantastic section on how elevated estrogen levels le could lead to uh, shorter antigen phases, which is the growth cycle. And it's interesting, my wife has more background in hormones than I do, but you're talking to patients who actually uh, do testosterone supplements and things of that nature. Um, oftentimes, patients are worried about their hair loss, but it's usually not the fact that it's testosterone, it's usually an imbalance with the estrogen testosterone um, aspect. And estrogen's kind of an kind of been an understated bad player that people have sort of like wrapped it all into DHT. But estrogen's probably playing a, a stronger role than most people are realizing. That's exactly right. So, and that's probably because, and you think about women in the last thirty years suddenly have hair problems. Uh, my mom, growing up in South America said it was it was rare that you saw a woman losing her hair today everywhere you look there are women with thinning scalps right and we believe that stress levels play an important part of that because women in the 21st century have had to step up 20th century 21st century women have had to step up to become uh, uh, breadwinners sole providers single moms a lot of pressure to 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 basically 
support themselves, right? In in many cases, um, and also the uh, the xenoestrogens from environmental triggers, right? Also contributing to 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 hair loss uh, globally. So part of your strategy is how do you lower that? How do you optimize the liver so that the liver, which is the filter for the human body, can expel those used estrogen hormones? One of our key ingredients in our women's uh, menopause formula is maca. It's an organized gelatinized yeah. maca, which is another hero ingredient used in traditional medicine. And it's used as a hormone sensitizer. It's essentially the conductor for hormone production. If you're producing too much testosterone, it helps recalibrate the body and say, hey, wait a minute, too much testosterone, but not enough progesterone. Let's change that ratio, which is why maca is used as a, 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 to improve stamina and energy. And, and my brother, who's an OB-GYN, actually, he loves maca for his oh. patients, especially postmenopausal patients. So uh, he's a big fan of maca. And he's I love that. I'm so happy to hear that, that your whole family is so conscious of, of, of the power of plants because it's... I wouldn't, I wouldn't give my brother too much credit. He drives a pickup truck and he's, <laughs> he does his part, but he's, uh, yeah, what he balances out with the maca, he uh, has imbalance with his pickup truck and his, uh, his uh, love of guns. <laughs> he's, he's balancing it out. As long as he's not telling every woman that comes through his office to buy a gun, I I, I still support <laughs> him. I'm happy to hear that he's, he's 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 he advocates for the use of maca. Maca is a fantastic herb. So for, for me, what what I do, um, and my wife does most of the um, the management with women with hair loss. But one of the things that we've talked about and um, dealing with is when we look with trichoscopy, uh, we'll see distinct patterns of hair loss, and I think in men. It's usually a little bit more predictable, but not always. But in women, uh, they can be kind of all over the place. And we'll see some women who are, you know, with um, uh, with closer with male pattern who are in their 20s and 30s, and some patients who are you know, have more inflammatory or older. So the way I've, um, you know, the way we've talked about using Nutrafol is women. And, and my understanding is that Nutrafol Plus has more salt palmetto. Uh, yes, for that's women. correct. Yes. And so um, I view it as almost that little extra way of kind of fighting that uh, androgenic alopecia in women. So if I see miniaturization, classic male pattern baldness with trichoscopy, I'm gonna go with a women's plus, even if it's a younger patient. And if I have an older patient who has inflammatory changes, you know, and a trichoscopy, I'm seeing more inflammation, so more red, more vascularity, I might just go with women rather than women plus, even though they probably could benefit from that, I still might go that way because I don't see the miniaturization. Uh, is that against company? No, one hundred percent. No, I, I, and I see it's it's physicians like you that have the foresight to step out of the box and see uh, the big picture and understand the benefits of deviating from directions. And as a doctor, you you are authorized to do that. There's no harm. There's only benefit in using a higher dose for that particular uh, observation. Uh, I would agree with you. Another question on this is uh, some people don't like swallowing pills. So is there any so any nutritional value in the capsule itself? Some people think that there's collagen in the capsule or they're going to miss out on it. They're like, I need to get my collagen, so I have to do this. Or can they just dump it into their smoothie? What's, what's the best practice here? No, so there's no nutritional value in the capsule. We do use vegetarian capsules as opposed to 
capsules made from bovine uh, by animal byproducts, uh, but there's there's probably negligible uh, nutritional value in in the capsules. So yeah, so if you have difficulty swallowing pills, you can either watch a video on YouTube on how to how to lift up your head and learn how to swallow a pill properly, or you can break <laughs> your capsules open and put it in a smoothie. Um, there's a little bit of a bitter taste. The sea kelp. Uh, it's just sea kelp, a uh, little bitter, a little salty, right? But um, salt palmetto is, is a little bitter. Uh, ashwagandha is actually bitter. Salt palmetto is less bitter, but um, you should be able to cover up the taste if, if you're having a fruit smoothie. We recommend putting uh, coconut oil or some other fat, uh, maybe an avocado in your smoothie because the more fat, um, the better uh, you are able to absorb many of the ingredients. A lot of the ingredients are fat soluble, and so you need fat to help absorb fat. And speaking of absorption, so I uh, recently I've tried the probiotic, um, and actually I'm a big fan of it. I, I was not a probiotic fan before, and I'm, I'm not. I've kind of been off dairy for a little bit, so it's, it's kind of not working well with me. But probiotic, um, uh, this is actually a pretty clever probiotic because. The way I describe it is sometimes you have like this uneasiness in your stomach where it feels like it's not like you're stressed or anything. You just feel like this little bit of uneasiness in your stomach. And when I was taking the probiotic, I noticed that I've slept a little better and that I, that little bit of um, upset in my stomach has seemed to balance out a little bit. Interesting. So, so and, and if you continue to use it, you're going to see that it's only going to improve. So uh, one of the biggest areas of research in microbiome right now. So we uh, we developed a thank you for introducing the uh, the hair biotic. So we developed we're the first to market to develop a probiotic designed to support the hair growth cycle. So um, we there are a number of pathways that were identified that downregulate the hair growth cycle uh, because they, they affect IL-17 and, and IL-10, two important cytokines that are involved in the inflammation cycle that, that essentially is tied back to hair growth, right? So those uh, particular cytokines can be impacted by particular bacterial strains. So we isolated, uh, we found two out of the seven strains that we're using have, that, uh, have, have been shown in the literature to target those specific pathways. We added, in addition to those strains, we've added a what's known as a bacteriophage. And the bacteriophage is, is essentially, it's a virus. It's a, it's a uh, researched, uh, this is part of the whole viome that people are, are investing heavily now. We're, we're, we've been heavily invested in the microbiome. Now it's the viome. How do viruses play a role in contributing to healthy gut? And so these bacteriophages are designed to essentially uh, eat destroy bad bacteria. So it's possible that the bacteriophages and the probiotics are contributing to a healthier gut. So you'll feel less bloated, less, uh, less, um, um, yeah, less um, un discomfort in, in, in the gut. So it doesn't surprise me. That's going to happen over time. If you continue using the, the Nutrafol hair biotic, you, you may see a dramatic improvement within a couple of months. And yeah. that, of course, contributes to better hair growth. Absolutely. Um, and I think what's interesting is uh, Nutrafol, I think, has added this addition, like you mentioned this kind of earlier, this kind of like this customized hair plan, um, which I think is an exciting addition. Um, and now there's 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 kind of the, the core formula, which which helps, you know, most people, I say most people, mean in a sense that women, men, and, and the, the exceptions are going to be maybe those people with biotin sensitivities and pregnant women, that aspect. And now you're adding these little... Um, 
I shouldn't say little, but these boosters that can kind of fine tune it so you can get improvement in certain areas. Um, right. uh, I, I'm also interested in the topicals. I'm not sure if you can talk about the topicals and shampoos coming up because I'm really interested in that because right now I use, uh, I'll, I'll talk about it now because I'm excited about it. Um, right now I use Rogaine, um, but I don't love using Rogaine and I'll tell you why. Um, it, it's not, some people have other issues with scalp irritations, all those aspects of it. Even the ones without propylene glycol, the foams, what they do to your hair is it makes it very greasy and it's very hard to style your hair with it. I don't use styling hair products because I'm against inflammation in the hair. I just don't like the, the aspect of, it doesn't make right. sense for me right. from, a, um, you know, from a hair preservation standpoint to put you know, products in your hair um, that at least they're gonna disturb it. So uh, there's really no alternative to Rogaine as far as the topical goes. There's some other things that I don't, I don't know if they, they're out there yet, but so I'm excited about Nutrafol and your take on that. Is there anything um, you can tell us about the hair topical coming out? Because that's probably, when I saw that, I was like, my eyes lit up with excitement. So, yeah. So, we, we are introducing a shampoo, conditioner, and a two-in-one. And those were those were developed with, with, the, with the intention of creating a product that does no harm. So there's no there's no evidence of shampoo and conditioners having any efficacy in preventing hair loss. Even though if you go on Amazon, you'll see dozens of brands promoting shampoo for hair loss, right? Impossible that you can put a product on your hair, wash it away two minutes later, uh, expect it to have any efficacy. Uh, if it maybe contributes to healthier scalp, which ultimately one day may lead to minimizing hair loss, right? Uh, so we, we refer to those topicals as our do no harm products. We're using lots of uh, wonderful botanicals that have anti-inflammatory properties, moisturizing properties, but but all, all in all, there there's no such thing as um, as hair loss um, uh, in the hair care category. Uh, the, the scalp treatment that we're using, we're using, again, nutraceutical ingredients that have uh, anti, and these are leave-ons. So these are, these are leave-ons that have evidence of stimulating the antigen phase or prolonging the antigen phase. Um, some of the ingredients uh, act as vasodilators where they, they'll open up the capillaries, a similar mechanism to a minoxidil, right? But obviously not as potent because these are naturals. So the the scalp treatment that we developed, uh, there is evidence that the ingredients contributed to hair growth. Uh, so really, we're adding it as a an additional product to complement your routine, right? We would we would say, don't drop the 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 pills, the four pills a day over the topical because that's our philosophy still hair wellness from within. You have to balance the body, bring the body back to homeostasis before you can actually get the hair cycles back in sync and start producing healthier hair at normal growth rates, right? So the, the, the topicals are designed to simply complement uh, the overall internal uh, systems wide approach that we have. It's just the inside outside approach really. Yes. Yeah, we'll, I'll make sure we send you some when we get it. Awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this is such a new category, the nutraceutical. And I think it's um, something that so many people are so excited about. And it's interesting that lots of physicians, even though they prescribe medication, oftentimes when you talk to them, they don't see the doctor and they don't take medications. So it tells you on some level that maybe on some subconscious level, they know that they don't want to take medications. And for myself, for example, I was found to have, at least in one test, low thyroid. 
And I was like, I'm not taking a thyroid pill. I'll be taking it for the rest of my life. So let me just check that out. And so um, um, I, again, um, just kind of saying, I'll just avoid taking that medication. I'll work on some other things. And that aspect of it, my thyroid's normal. Otherwise, I'd be on Synthroid. Because once you take a medication like that, it, it does work, but you end up kind of relegated to taking that the rest of your Correct. life. Correct. And there are patients, I'm not against medicine. There are patients who have to take medications. But if you're talking about wellness and keeping the best performance for yourself, if you can avoid taking a medication for that aspect, it makes a lot of sense to me. Agree. Now, are, is your thyroid functioning normally now? Uh, it is. Uh, my wife would probably rather have me uh, on Propecia, less sex drive, <laughs> more sluggish, <laughs> and, and leaving her alone. But that's hysterical. That's hysterical. So, so on that note, you'll appreciate this. So. Many of the ingredients, the botanicals that we use, are boost nitric oxide production. And did you know? So that's that's essentially a vaso. <laughs> so they're, they're basically is a vasodilator, right? And did you know that Viagra doesn't work if you have low nitric oxide production? So, so I, you, I definitely know the Viagra nitric oxide connection. <laughs> right. But, uh, I didn't I didn't have that with Nutrafol, but, um, so, but I I might change the symbol <laughs> from a circle. To something maybe perhaps a little bit more uh, phallic. Is that okay? <laughs> I'll, I'll let you send it in for creative to have a look at. But, <laughs> but earlier you said that, uh, so yeah, so in, in traditional medicine, salt palmetto was used as an aphrodisiac to Correct. boost libido, right? And salt palmetto definitely boosts nitric oxide production. So when you think of it from a mechanism of action, that has to be the explanation, right? That, that the ashwagandha, the curcumin, all act as vasodilators through the increase of, of nitric oxide production, which is a very interesting little fact. And, and, and so hair health, I think some patients come into the office and it's always about, for example, if it's a surgical procedure or if it's a pill, I always like to set expectations for patients. And so uh, sometimes you'll hear someone saying, you know, I tried something and I tried it for like three days and I didn't see anything. And I'm like, oh my God, okay, first of all, let's, 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 kind of, let's reset things a little bit. And I think that's why I think having that explanation and having, making sure people know, and I'm glad it's being sold in packs of three now instead of one, because um, oftentimes with anything, with any nutritional supplement, you're not going to see something in a week. It's going to be kind of one of those aspects of it. And it's beyond just hair health. So I think when I think of hair, I think of it almost like there's two analogies. One is like uh, uh, aging. There's no solution to aging. It's just you're putting the brakes on everything. And no matter what you do for hair, if you do nothing for your hair, you will be bald. It's like it's one of those right, things. Fifty percent right. of the men at uh, 50 are bald. If you do 70, 70 percent of the men, your natural tendency is to be bald. And it's, it's just without a doubt. So you have to put the brakes on this. And as much as you can, as early as you can, you have to promote hair health and those aspects. Some men are going to get reversal. A lot of the miniature hairs are going to come back. But if you waited too long, if you have a Norwood, uh, for patients who don't know what Norwood 6 is, basically if you're completely bald, um, you, no one in the world can grow hair back. That's, it's scarred. Your hair, you have to kind of, That's right. you're, you're actually beyond even a hair transplant at some point. Right. So um, you have to start this early. So for, for the men who are thinking of this, this is the preventive action. You're going to feel better. Um, so, um, patient expectations, kind of setting this back is you should feel better. This is my thoughts on this. You should be healthier, which I think all those things happen with it. And you should see your hair should actually at the very least have less shedding. And you might see some areas, particularly I think in the crown starting to come back some, 
all the miniature hair is coming back some. Fair analysis? Very fair, very fair. So yeah, so that this is this part of our challenge as a company is is communicating to men the importance of taking the path of prevention and getting off the, the path of denial, right? And that's fundamentally the problem with men. I have a 23-year-old boy who went to school in Sweden. I get to see him once a year. And uh, year three, he comes back and he's got a little a little spot brewing on the okay. back of his head. I thought, uh-oh, my child cannot lose his hair. <laughs> so, and he's, he's a stubborn kid. He doesn't take pills. And so, uh, I said, "All right, how do how do I uh, compel him into compliance and and say, yes, Papa, I, I will take these pills because it does make sense to be proactive and preventative, because I don't want to lose my hair by the time I'm 30." So he has been on it for about a year. The spot filled in, and for a 23-year-old, that's a home run. He basically. Absolutely. Proof is in the pudding. It's like you, you cannot – there's no denying that it, it improved your hair growth. And I, I almost think the analogy here for hair is almost like – it's like dental disease. If you don't brush your teeth every day, you're going to lose your teeth. It's just – that's inevitable. If you don't take your hair pills, you're going to lose your hair. It's like one of those things you're, – you're preserving what's there and sometimes that aspect of it. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm so much – your son's a great example because if your son was to take Propecia – would it have worked? I have no idea. Would it have affected him on some level? Probably. Idea. Would it have affected his offspring, aka your grandkids? Who knows? Who wants to take that chance? Um, taking something like Nutrafol, if anything is going to make him healthier, a better version of himself, more resistant to infections, um, you know, more vibrancy. Uh, the nitric oxide thing, you might want to have a serious conversation with him. But... <laughs> <laughs> I left that part out. I don't know why I left that part out. <laughs> I'll send him a note later today. That's very funny. He'll appreciate that. So huge, huge fan. Um, so, so uh, love this. So three tips. I'm I'm a facial plastic surgeon. Loves hair. I've had my hair story. My wife's not here to share her hair story. Um, love Nutrafol. Love how it's a holistic approach to my patients. Love how it helps them see the, those benefits in patients. You know, every day. See it on a microscopic level with trichoscopy. Fantastic. See it in their hair. See it in their before and after results. Um, three tips. Patients, someone comes to you and says, I want three tips to be my best. Just random tips can be anything. Um, we, we can kind of look at that note. So so, so the tips could be lifestyle related, right? Yeah, absolutely anything. Right. So I, I recently started intermittent fasting. Oh, uh, I do that too. What, and, do do? what are your hours? I I'm doing, I do 16, 8, and then I do 24, right? So I'm basically, I have lunch from, from 2, I eat from 2 to 6. Typically, my last meal is at 6, and then I have lunch at, at 2 o'clock. But, um, and I'm doing it in the name of, it's part of the biohacking mindset, right? So it turns out that intermittent fasting, but the longer you fast, the, the better the outcome. I'm triggering autophagy. So the, the human body has the, these little ly lysosomes or human vacuum cleaners on a cellular level that are designed to basically start eating up non-essential parts in the human body that interfere with, with healthy cellular function. Well, it turns out that you can make a direct correlation to hair follicle cycling and, and, and cells that are involved in, in the hair growth cycle 
triggering autophagy where the body starts eating itself after a 24 to 48 hour fasting. It's, they, they go in there and they clean up all of the oxidative stress and, and non-essential parts convert them into amino acids and they turn them into to functional, funct functional uh, um, uh, uh, foods, right, for, for the, the human body. So I'm doing that intermittent fasting in the, in the spirit of improving health and as and consequently my hair, hair health. Question on that. That was one of my questions is, so um, the hardest part for me with, with intermittent fasting is I do the 16-8. Um, so usually I skip breakfast, so to speak. But I like taking my Nutrafol because I have to take it with fat um, and um, in the lunch. morning. No, take it with lunch. Lunch. Um, yeah, it's probably a better idea. Because, because if you're not having breakfast, if you're not having breakfast, you'd rather say take your four pills a day with with lunch or dinner, whichever is your fattiest meal. But if you want to stick, you want to create a routine and 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 Absolutely. drive people to compliance, you keep a bottle on your desk at the office because you're probably eating at your desk three days a week uh, or five days a week, or because you're probably seeing patients. Uh, when you're not eating at your desk, um, or keep one in the kitchen. Actually, uh, I don't so, have a desk. But you don't really. <laughs> I got rid of the desk like five. I, I, I don't like having a desk. The desk is so like um, I don't know. It's like eighties. Oh uh, yeah, because you're pushed on a level. It's kind of like you know talk show hostess. Like you know, yeah. you put your seat up high, then you have yeah. the other seat low, and then you're. Yeah. I just don't like a desk, so I just have a couch. Uh, lucky you, lucky you. So, so yeah, so I would definitely, but but do do. Do your best to take it with a fatty meal, with with one of your meals that, wow. that has the most fat. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next the next uh, uh, tip I would say is really embrace the idea of how important your liver uh, is to your overall health and consequently to your hair wellness. And liver is really important. So there have been studies that show that uh, people who take who uh, uh, when you compare people who uh, took a break from all alcohol for 30 days, some of the liver enzymes, liver function improved dramatically versus the people who continued to drink. So because we know how important liver is to hair health, hair wellness, hair cycling, it makes so much sense to really pamper the liver, uh, include products like the Nutrafol Liver Cleanse. If you have your own favorite liver cleanse product, by all means, use it. Uh, but use it. Do anything you can to support uh, the liver. It, 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 it is the filter for the human body. The cleaner and the more optimized it is, the better we will be functioning uh, as humans. Uh, very, very important. And then the other is managing stress. Um, managing stress through perhaps that's a that's a another best tip of the day is really how do you manage stress? Well, certainly yoga, meditation, a mindfulness practice all help. But of course, we live in a society where we don't all have the the, the the discipline to carve out time to go to the gym, to do a yoga class, to meditate. So stress adaptogens are a wonderful way of supporting supporting stress management. We introduced, as you know, Nutrafol does have stress adaptogens in it, but we introduced a booster that we're, that's an additional stress adaptogen for people who have higher stress levels. And we're using reishi mushrooms, uh, some additional ashwagandha. Uh, these are all wonderful ingredients that ha have evidence in the literature of lowering stress levels. So I those are my... I yeah. about that too. Uh, 
I, absolutely. I would highly recommend having a stress adaptogen in your routine, a liver cleanse in your routine, and, and something as simple as intermittent fasting all would contribute to her overall good hair wellness. Amazing. So, so much amazing things. I probably could talk for another hour, but you're let's probably- do it again. <laughs> um, and I think the coolest thing, my take home point is, you know, sometimes it's nice to do like you type people like get kind of lost in this world of hair and they're doing all this research and what's the best, what's not the best. And I think it's nice to have a company that's sort of done a best of and thought, you know, kind of very thoughtfully and so many different levels of what's the best way to get so many quality ingredients. Let's do the best way of thinking about it, even the way we process our salt palmetto, uh, the way we get our cod. I mean, there's so many different things that are thought in this. Hey, let's get some science uh, behind this because this is a really important thing about it. And this is not just about your hair uh, because your hair, your hair and your skin, but your hair, it's a sign of your health, your overall healthness, your attractiveness. And that's what makes us human to be the best version of ourselves. So I think it's it's great for what you've done with Nutrafol. Um, thank you so much for me as you know as a user of Nutrafol and for all my patients. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that very much. And thanks so much for being on here and uh, educating me on what what I was doing wrong with my Nutrafol, and now I've got to move to my lunch and all that. <laughs> I've had a wonderful time, Dr. Shaw. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, thank you so much. We'll appreciate. It. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.